This is the Writer's Mindset Podcast. Formerly called the Writer's Cookbook Podcast. With me, Christina Adams. And me, Ellie Butts. We're here to inspire and motivate you to overcome the roadblocks holding you back in your writing career. With some tough love, some hard truths and serious reality checks. Let's get started. You can support The Writer's Mindset over on Patreon for less than your favourite coffee a month. If you join our community, you'll get access to bonus episodes, exclusive discounts and much more. And we'll be eternally grateful for your support. Yes, as will Frankie and Millie for the extra pet treats we'll be able to get for them. To join our community and find out more, visit writerscookbook.com forward slash support. How's your writing been going this week? This week has been really good for me. I had a little breakthrough with my dissertation project. I was focusing on writing in third person, but from multiple different people's sort of stories, effectively. They're all tied together. And I I kind of preferred two of the characters over the others. And then I had a little moment of revelation where I went, why don't I just write it for those two characters? I can tell the whole story from their point of view. Why am I bothering with these other characters? So I, I'm sort of more interested in the project again and I feel sort of refreshed and it's being sent to some very lovely volunteer beta read or editor readers I have some very lovely friends who are willing to read it for me who will get it later on today so I'm looking forward to that and getting some feedback it's been a good week what about you what have you been up to this week has actually been quite a productive week for me because it feels like I've spent the last month or so just constantly feeling ill and doing the bare minimum because that's all I had the energy for and I found this week I've been able to do more and also do stuff for longer but I'm still kind of drained by the end of the week so I've had by the end of the day sorry so I've had to take it easy but being able to do more has definitely made me feel happier even if I'm still a bit more drained so I do feel like I'm kind of almost back on track now and I'm all I'm kind of ahead of schedule actually on Hollywood Destiny which is quite exciting very exciting very exciting it's nice to feel productive I think yes when you spent so long feeling like crap I think feeling a little bit more productive can go a long way most definitely so this episode we are talking about lesser known mistakes that indie authors make the first mistake we have is expecting to retire from the earnings they make on their first book why is this a mistake it it comes from the days of like harper lee and jd salinger who could publish one book and then that set them up for life but what we have to remember is that when those books were published in the 50s and 60s, it was such a different landscape. Nowadays, royalty rates from traditional publishers are considerably lower. They're less likely to take chances on new authors and millions of books are published every year. So if you're only publishing one book, there is absolutely no way you can stand out against any competition with one book. You've got to already have some sort of established platform for that one book to be a runaway success and a lot of people who want to write for a living and have their writing and their books be their sole source of income don't have that established audience before they start but it's your fans that will allow you to have that living and those fans only come from having lots of books it takes something like eight books for someone to remember an author's name 
So if you've only got that one book, the chances of them remembering who you are is sadly pretty low. I see. So in order to get anywhere, it takes more than one magical book. <laughs> which leads which leads us nicely onto our next point, which is not realizing or accepting that publishing books is a business and it's a learning curve. It's something you've got to pick up as you go along, I guess. Yeah, or I can never remember if it were bill gates or richard branson who said it but it's basically if you don't look back on your past and feel embarrassed then you haven't grown enough and obviously these are two highly successful entrepreneurs and they're looking back on things they've done in the past and cringing that's interesting but that's good i definitely do that with my old writing yes i'm paraphrasing their quote really badly but you get the concept like you say it is a learning curve and your first book will be vastly different to the to your 10th to your 20th to your 50th and that's not a bad thing you know you should be open to learning and to trying new things and if you're embracing help from other people then you will learn and grow more and also faster. That's interesting because you beat me to my next point there. I I was going to suggest that part of the learning curve of becoming a successful published writer is realizing that we can't do it all all ourselves. I assume, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of people call it indie publishing, not self-publishing for a reason and that's because you need a cover designer you need an editor beta readers proofreader maybe someone to help with your marketing it is a whole team of people who help make that book possible and if you do it as a one-person band it's just so unbelievably hard i can't even tell you i when i did what happens in new york i did most of it myself and to be fair for most of my books i was doing it myself i did have some beta readers and that was it and it was just so stressful and i didn't really find an editor that i clicked with until I can't remember how many books in, I've lost count. But finding that editor that you click with and then outsourcing things that you're not as good at or that you don't enjoy, like cover design or proofreading or whatever, it's a massive load off and it gives you more energy to do what you love. But also, if you are working with beta readers and editors who know your genre, you're going to learn a hell of a lot more than you would if you are only self-editing and if you're not giving your brain that breathing space while you're work in progress is with someone external because that emotional distance while someone else looks at your baby is just so important because you will be able to take on their feedback much more objectively and also you will have a clearer mind when you go back to it and also frankly you're less likely to resent your writing because you've taken a break from it and if you go in a thousand miles an hour and don't stop at any point, you will burn yourself out and you may start resenting your work in progress like I did Poppy Winslow when I did it for NaNoWriMo. I can't imagine having to learn every single one of those skills. So it's good to know that, that, that you're advising against that. <laughs> the next point I wanted to make was about measuring success. Why do most people not outline what success in publishing means for them? I think it varies from person to person but it tends to be one of two things and it's either fear or it's naivety so maybe you're the kind of person like me where planning long term really scares you so you just don't bother with it and then that holds back your progress but if you're being naive maybe you don't even realize that you need a business mindset to succeed as any kind of author maybe you don't realize that you need to think about the marketing and your branding and your relationship with your readers and all these other things that are really important to your success that have absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with writing of course so what are some ways that we could outline success 
it's important to remember that success looks different for everyone. Maybe you're the kind of person who defines success as being able to make full-time income from books. Maybe for you, it's about rankings or sales figures. It's, everyone's different. But knowing what your end game is really helps you to decide which book to publish next, where to put your marketing efforts, and even which tools to invest in. Uh, you often talk about having your books wide, but for anyone that isn't familiar with that term, what does that mean? So being wide means having your book available on multiple platforms in multiple countries, different formats, different languages, and taking advantage of as many different ways to publish your book as possible. And if you know your end goal, then it really helps you to decide where to focus your energy and what's worth potentially the experiment, because part of this is the fact you're going to have to experiment and some things aren't going to go how you want them to. Of course, things always go how you don't expect, especially when you're doing something new. So are people restricting themselves by not publishing wide? I think you have to at least consider it. There are a lot of people who publish solely in Kindle Unlimited, which you have to be exclusive to, and they make a lot of money. But likewise, there are a lot of people who are wide and they make more money doing that than they ever did in KU. You have to be prepared to go all in, whichever approach you make, though. If you half-ass either of them, neither of them will work. So if you are willing to experiment and put everything into it before you declare a failure, then it will be much more beneficial. For example, when you put a book in Kindle Unlimited or you go wide, you really need to give it at least a year and put effort into marketing those different things before you declare it does or doesn't work. Because it takes a while for books to get traction. And I think it's something like nine months it can take for a book to take off on Kobo which is a really long time. That is a really long time. Yeah, and, you know, some books are runaway successes, but some aren't. So you have to be willing to accept that your book might be a slow burn or maybe it's not in fashion now, but by the time you've published your third book in the series, it will be. Because that's what happened to me with my What Happens in Books. Women's fiction wasn't popular when I started in 2016. It had a massive resurgence in 2019, and that's when my sales kicked off. Very interesting. So we'll circle around to pre-orders then. Some also see them as significant to their success. Others just don't bother with pre-orders. How do we make the right decision when it comes to setting up pre-orders? I didn't really realize until recently, but a lot of us don't know how pre-orders work on different platforms. Every ebook store is driven by algorithms. Some of them do have more human intervention than others. Google, for example, is completely automated, whereas Apple is quite often handcrafted. And it's okay. So we will say that whenever a book gets a pre order, it gets a point, right? And on Amazon, when someone pre orders your book, you get one point on the day they pre order it. That is it. No more. You don't get a boost when the book goes live or any of that. But on places like Apple and Kobo, you get a point for the pre-order and then on the day the book is the book goes live, you get another point, which gives you further exposure to other readers who may not have seen the pre-order or who may not be the kind of person who pre-orders books. They just want it when it's ready. And every site is different and has these small things that can make a big difference. So you might even notice some wide authors, for example, don't do a very long pre-order period on Amazon, but they do on places like Apple and Kobo for this very reason. 
and understanding these things can make a massive difference to how many people you can reach and your rankings and all sorts. Because to reach number one on somewhere like Kobo, you need to sell far fewer copies than Amazon. I see. It's all about knowing what's going on before you jump in, I guess. So finally, then there's one more in the awesome mistake I wanted to talk about, which is getting wound up over the content of reviews. I know reviews can be harsh. People can be particularly harsh. I've seen some very, very bad reviews before. Why is getting so wound up over them a bad idea? You're inevitably going to get shitty reviews at some point. Not everyone will like your book. And if it is your first negative review, or maybe you're just the kind of person to ruminate on them, it can really haunt you. But the thing is, when you dwell on it, it can hold you back both emotionally and in terms of your writing career. Because the thing is, like, reviews are seldom about you. They're usually about the person writing the review. Because quite often, if someone writes a really arsey review, it's because they're in a bad mood. And how often is that bad mood going to be about a book? It's probably because something external triggered them. It's the same in customer service. People are like something ridiculous, like 10 or 20 times more likely to call up and complain, probably more than that, than they are to call up and say thank you or compliment the service they received. Yeah, exactly. And reviews aren't really any different, to be honest. You've got to really provide an amazing service for someone to leave you that positive review. And it's a shame, really, because you do want to spread the positivity, right? But that's just how people are. At the end of the day, not everyone will like you. You want your book to be somewhat divisive because otherwise you're just kind of coasting in the middle and you're never going to find your readership because you're too busy trying to please everyone. If you pissed off some people, you've probably done something right. It's a good way to look at it. I like that. There's not a single book out there that everybody likes, right? And that's yeah, exactly. how you want it to be. That's how you it want is, it to yeah. Be. You want your book to be something that readers of your genre love, but readers from a different genre probably don't. And that's why making sure you're marketing it for the right people is so important. That makes perfect sense. Those are all the mistakes I wanted to discuss with you. It leads us on to our little section book of the week and i believe you have a recommendation for us this week yeah so my book of the week is vampire academy by rochelle mead and this series kind of got me back into reading a couple of years ago because i was kind of going through a bit of a lull and i binge read this series and the first book in it i reread recently and the way she builds the world is just so good it's really really immersive and the characters are also really three-dimensional and you really root for them and you really feel for them and part of that is because of the world building but also because they have some serious consequences and limitations to their abilities and their powers like i mentioned in a previous episode that there are they each have different elemental powers and the not the main character the main character's best friend hers is one they don't know much about called spirit and in order to heal people which is what spirit allows her to do she loses a part of herself when she does it and if she keeps doing it it drives her mad but she can't stop herself from doing it either because she's so driven to help people and that really adds a lot of depth to her character because she's desperately trying to help people but at the detriment to herself and she has to work out where to draw that line that sounds good and i'm excited to borrow these books from you yes i will bring it the next time i see you i believe <laughs> you have one this week from author and editor alexa white wolf 
I do indeed. Alexa is one of our mythical patrons on Patreon, and so she gets to recommend a book of the week. She has recommended The Entrepreneur's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together. She says, I originally stole this book from my husband. He'd gotten it because he went down the rabbit hole when copywriting, and John Carlton is a massive name in the industry. I was randomly flipping through it one night and landed on a chapter that talked about how stress is the mother of all fuck-ups, and John goes on to rant about how we need to get our shit together and stop being stressed out. Needless to say, he won me over. The book goes into tools for writing and copywriting. He is the brand name in the industry, after all. But that's not why I read it and reread it. It's because his no-nonsense way of putting things into perspective resonated deep within me. And I'm a worried, anxious mess of stress 90% of the time these days. John helped remind me that a big part of the entrepreneur journey, which, make no mistake, is what every writer embarks upon, is layered with potholes and hills and mountains to climb. But the way we do that, by getting our shit together, is why there are some of us who will succeed and some who won't. I highly recommend this one, and I'm about to start rereading it again. I have to admit, after she submitted that, I immediately downloaded it to read because just like what she'd said and how highly she talked about it I was like no I need this book in my life so as soon as it's, I finish the non-fiction I'm reading now that's next it's a very compelling review of the book to be fair I have definitely added it to my basket yeah I'm excited to check it out actually I need to like finish reading like three books first but it's fine I'll do it I'm fine my Goodreads currently has I think four books that shows I'm currently reading but that's about half that I've started so <laughs> mine has some that I've abandoned I should really update that <laughs> Yeah, so if you are a mythical or legendary patron, you can suggest a book of the week. And if you've got one that's really spoken to you, whether it's fiction, nonfiction or poetry, let us know. You can drop us a message on Patreon if you have a suggestion. That is it for this week. Thanks for joining us. If something we have said has resonated with you, don't feel alone in your thoughts or questions. Come hang out on our free Facebook group. It's a safe place to talk all things writing, mental health, and publishing. You can check it out at writerscookbook.com forward slash Facebook group. And if you want to hear more from us, don't forget to tap that shiny, shiny subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. To support the podcast's future so that we can help more writers overcome their creative roadblocks and achieve or even exceed their writing goals, you can support us on Patreon for less than a coffee a month. And for that total bargain price, you'll get to request podcast topics and submit your book of the week, nab exclusive discounts on writing courses and get to listen to bonus episodes. That is a lot. Visit writerscookbook.com forward slash support if you want to find out more. See you next time. Oh,